Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into a company that's currently raising funds on Crowdcube. Just looking here at this morning, they smashed through their initial target of 550,000. The company is Faith in Nature. Uh, it's a personal care brand that operates a business. It's very much focused on sustainability. Uh, they manufacture a lot of the products themselves. And we're going to be speaking a little bit about you know, why they're on Crowdcube. We're going to be looking at the campaign as well as going into the business journey. And to do that, we're very kindly joined by Sarah Fisher, who is the UK channel director, and also John Alloway, who is the managing director. So John and Sarah, very much welcome you to the podcast this morning. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So we're going to be speaking about the reasons that you're on Crowdcube, the success you've had so far with the, with the campaign. Of course, you've gone through that initial target. The campaign is still open. So people listening to this who would like to get involved, do check out the notes to this podcast because there will be a link through to the Crowdcube page where you can get some more information. But we're going to start now. And we're going to look at the, the journey of faith in nature. And one thing that was particularly interesting to me was that the, the notion and, and something that I've seen that you present yourself as a, as a 50 year old startup. So it'd be good to, to hear about you know that journey uh, where you've been over the last 50 years and, and where you are now in terms of the business and what you're looking to do going forward. Thank you very much for that, um, Jonathan. Um, Faith in Nature was started by Rivka Rose back in 1974. And it's very strange that in, in those days, it was a green company and you were crazy if you did, whereas if you were to launch the brand or the product today, you're crazy if, you know, you're crazy if you don't. So we've been around since 1974. Rivka was an aromatherapist and herbalist. Um, and she had a very simple mission, which is to make it easier for everybody to make better choices for both themselves and the planet every day. And that mission and that thought has really stayed with us over that period of time. Um, we are a national brand. We're available in a lot of in a lot of high street sort of super supermarkets like Holland and Barrett, Boots, Ocado. Um, and yes, we manufacture, and probably worth making the point that we manufacture um, a, a range of shampoos, conditioners, um, soaps. Um, we actually make, we actually have a range of pet care products as well, and we have some house, and we have some household products. So that gives you a bit of a summary of um, the uh, product. Sarah, do you want to add anything to that? No, I think that's that's a good summary in terms of the product offering. Um, it's probably worth me just touching a little bit on the market and, and, and our view of the market. Yes, um, please do. Yeah, so in terms of the market we operate in, it's very much, it's, it's on trend and it's growing. So the global beauty and personal care market, we estimate it to be worth roughly $560 billion um, by 2026. But obviously we, we operate more within the natural organic personal care market. It is much smaller, but it's growing at double the rate. Um, and it's actually forecast to be worth around 66 billion by 2033. And I guess 
there's a couple of reasons for that. So, you know, we see growing Gen Z awareness of health and wellness really driving change in personal care preferences. Um, you know, there's a number, there's a growing number of consumers looking for clean beauty. So that would be planet friendly or plant based products. That's how we describe uh, clean beauty. And again, you know, we see it in the popularity of search terms online. So the likes of natural, vegan, cruelty free, organic, they're all gaining in popularity as search terms. But I think in terms of what we need to be mindful of, you know, inflation and the economic pressures that come with that um, are definitely a consideration for us. So it's more important than ever that, yes, you know, we make effective natural products, uh, but that continue to deliver on not only quality, but also affordability as well. Um, and then, you know, when if you kind of hone into the UK market and look at that in isolation, we tend to segment the UK market into four individual sales channels. So the independent health food sector is where it all started for us. You know, it's our heartland. So we're really committed to this market um, and we'll continue to look for ways to invest and support the independents. It really makes sense, actually, when you consider that we've got around 95% distribution in this sector. So it's, it's huge. Um, the second channel would be the major multiples, which is a bit newer to us as a business, more relevant in the last five years. Uh, we have around 52,000 distribution points across the likes of Waitrose, Boots, Sainsbury's, Holden Barrett. And this channel, for me, has huge growth potential for us. So we're definitely going to be looking to target a number of new listings in this area. Um, and then e-commerce, again, fairly new to us, actually. We launched with Amazon about, I think it's about seven years ago now. Um, but as a digitally native brand, it does make sense that consumers tend to learn more about our products online, actually, than in store. They, you know, they really search us out online. Amazon and Accardo are our biggest um, e-commerce customers. Um, and we continue to, to consistently rank in the top 10 within our categories, which, you know, again, is something that we're really proud of. Um, and then the fourth channel, sort of sub-channel within the UK market would be our web, website. So we launched the website around 18 months ago, and we've really been blown away with its performance since launch. Again, there's there's huge potential here, but we just need to make sure that we're tapping into trends like personalization, for example. But I guess in summary, we are performing well. We're performing very well as a business, and we're growing ahead of the market, which you know, is something that I'm very proud of. But... It is just the start. I think it's really exciting times at Faith in Nature. We're, you know, we're really ambitious. We've got this entrepreneurial spirit that runs absolutely through the veins of the business. And while we're adapting, you know, we're evolving. We're also really trying to stay true to the values that have been at the heart of the business for the last fifty years. I think does that sound right to you, John? Is there anything you'd add to that? No, and I guess it's you know the reason we're here is it's it's taken us. 49 years to get to the stage that we're at now. We don't want to wait another 49 years to double the business. So that hence the reason we're here talking to potential customers and investors in the business is we want to really accelerate the change over the course of the next four or five years. And I think maybe to jump into what we're going to spend the money on, because I think that's obviously the key thing if we're looking to, um, if we're looking to crowdfund. I think there are four key areas that we would like to invest in. I think the number one is really growing awareness of our brand and for the rights of nature. And I'll come to explain a bit more about that in a minute when I talk about nature on the board. We have an incredibly sticky brand. And what I mean by that is when consumer, once consumers have bought us, they love us. They love the brand. They love the products. 
But the challenge we have, being a relatively small brand, is that we don't have the firepower to really boost sort of awareness in new channels. So that is really the number one key thing is to really grow the brand sort of awareness. Secondly is to invest in uh, sustainable product sort of innovation. We have um, a really exciting pipeline of new products. Um, we're relaunching pretty much most of our assortment in June 2024. What we want to do is to accelerate what we're doing between years two and five. We've got some really exciting ideas and we just need the resources and the funds to help us uh, accelerate that. Thirdly, we want to invest in manufacturing. We're just in the process of moving between sites, given the fact that we have grown um, quite significantly in the last four or five years, 225% growth in the last two, um, five years. Our plan is to grow 85% um, in the next four years. And obviously we need, um, we need a bigger site to do that. And we're in the process of moving and this investment will help us to be able to do that much quicker. And the last thing is given they're quite a small company, um, our buying power is quite limited. So one of the, the ways that we're going to use the investment is to actually buy better, to buy bigger batches, um, which obviously come in at a lower cost. That saving will allow us to reinvest back into the business. So yeah, we're really excited. It's um, And it's so great that we can invite potential customers and consumers um, to join the journey, which is, okay, as we've said at the beginning, the first time that we've ever, that we've ever done that. Fantastic. So what one thing that I've picked up on here, which would be good to hear a little bit more about is that faith in nature are now a certified B Corp. So I'm sure investors will be interested to hear, uh, you know, what that is. And I'm sure some of them already know, but for those that, that don't, and in particular, the process that you had to go through as a company to achieve that status. Well, I think the B Corp journey for Faith in Nature started probably five, five years ago, actually, when we first came up with the, came up with the idea. Um, but we've, we've got a new uh, sustainability director, Laura Ford, who joined the business last year, and it's really been her mission. And we're delighted to announce that we've actually achieved the status um, about a month ago now. And basically, B Corp is a uh, sustainable audit, and it's, it's premised around people, planet, and profit. So basically, I think there are about 250 questions that were asked across the business, across all aspects of the business, um, that look at our people, look at our planet, look at our, um, obviously look at our sort of credentials and, and our policies around people. Um, and we're lucky enough to have passed that. <clears throat> it's a very important question that, um, that our customers are asking us on a regular basis and also the people within the business. So it's a great way to unite the spirit within the business. Um, and it's it's a potential way for us to, un to unlock future growth in the business as well going forward. So staying on the, on the theme of, of sustainability, you did mention it there, John, but I know there's been some press coverage recently that Faith in Nature put nature on your board of directors. Yeah. Uh, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, it's been, it's been an idea that's been around for in the business for some time. And we're so delighted um, when we made the announcement in August last year. Um, and it's to give nature two things. One is to give nature a voice and also to give nature a vote. And we've done it under what's called the guardianship model. So obviously nature can't 
speak for itself. So we have um, a lady called Bronte, Bronte Ansel who sits on our board. She works um, for Lawyers for Nature and she rep she represents nature on our board. So um, yeah, it's a very it's a very exciting initiative. It's very new um, for us, but it certainly allows. And nature has an equal vote on our board as well. So um, we have obviously a board meeting uh, once every four weeks, and obviously we have nature on our board, um, and then we discuss different decisions, different topics, different initiatives that we have in the business, and obviously we give nature. A voice, and if we need to, then obviously nature is involved in the voting process as well. Um, and for us, it's about changing the way we think about nature. Um, and it's no longer, you know, we no longer treat it as just a resource, but it's a really, it's it's a really important pillar to our decision making process going forward as well. Thank you very much. So I think now let's move on to discuss that the Crowd Cube campaign in in more detail. So. John, you very kindly outlined the reasons why you were looking at crowdfunding now and the specific areas that you're going to be investing the, the, the funds in. But it would be good to sort of hear a little bit more about what you feel this means for investors now, now going forward. Because, you know, I, I note that on Amazon, you, you're number one for soap bars, for example. So the of course, a huge amount of success there already. I think from an investor's perspective, it would be good to get a little bit more insight in, into one of those four points that you made there in terms of propelling faith and nature forward in what your marketing campaigns look like going forward in, in terms of where you'll be investing these funds, what new channels uh, that you alluded to that you'll be using, uh, you'll actually be, be using going forward and how you want to really augment your existing channels? From a marketing perspective, without giving, to, without giving too much away, I think it's, it's just about investing in awareness. It's about doing more of a lot of the, the initiatives that we've already done. I mean, we would love to do national, t, national TV advertising, for example, which is something that we've dreamed about for a long time, but given the resources, we haven't been able to do that. Whether that will be a national campaign, a regional campaign, we, we we don't know that's one of the things that we're looking into but just really to accelerate our digital cam campaign as well we tend to invest relatively small amounts in social and digital activity having more money would enable us to have a much larger presence to be able to invest more um and, and maybe sarah you want to touch on the likes of you know when we look at our um sort of some of our online platforms as well when we look at our own website and we look at amazon and particularly Ocado. Again, it will allow us to invest more um, in in some in some of those channels as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say brand awareness has definitely been our biggest challenge, John, hasn't it? Um, you know, and we know that when people try us, they love us. We've just struggled with the resource and the money required to drive that top of mind um, awareness. So we do need to put a significant spend behind marketing uh, and it's just making sure that we continue to recruit new loyal shoppers to the uh, to the brand, new loyal customers and making sure that we're really fit for the future. So it's all top of funnel stuff that we'll be investing in um, from a uh, an availability perspective. I think it's just connecting the dots between mental um, availability and physical availability. So making sure that we're putting that marketing spend behind activity 
um, that can really drive shoppers into the store or online and convert into a purchase. So uh, making sure that, that that 360 shopper journey is is really well considered from start to finish. Uh, but obviously what we need to do is see uh, what, what we can secure in terms of investment and then we'll go away and make sure that we, we deliver a really strong from a marketing perspective. Thank you very much. So I just want to put what you've said into a bit of context here because I understand last year the turnover for the business was 14.8 million. So, you know, that is a significant footprint already. So I, I think it would be good for, for investors listening to this to get a bit of an idea of where that has come from and, and where you see that going. So, of course, for, for the last year, 2022, is 14.8 million turnover. You know, how has the growth performed over the last five years? And where do you see your trajectory taking you in, in the next five years in terms of the top line? So just to give you a bit of context, five years ago, we were approximately around about £5 million brand. So I think we've quoted a growth rate in the last five years, we've grown 225 or 226% in the last five years. And our ambition is to nearly double the business over the next four, over the next four years. That growth has come predominantly from multiples and from online and from sort of, you know, international, there's just under 20% of our sales we do across 22 markets on a global basis. And I guess the extent of the growth going forward is going to come from those, from those markets. Um, I think it's important to say from a a profitability perspective, because yes, we're going to be, we hope to invest huge amounts of money in the business, but that's also going to, so if we're looking to double our sales over the course of the next four years, we're actually looking to, quadruple our profit so um you know we're looking at if you read all the crowdcube um packs then we're looking to quadruple our EBITDA number to just under four just just under four million so yes we will be giving something back to people that choose to invest in the business so yeah not only will we grow the top line but we're also looking to grow the bottom line with the investment that we're looking to put into the business have i missed anything sarah in terms of areas to invest um no i would just say that you know international expansion is very much part of the plan we do have some strong listings um in the likes of france um us walmart um so it's all about making sure that we capture and consider the right markets for us to grow into Um, and that can be bricks and mortar it could be e-commerce it's more than likely going to be a mixture of both that's where we see the growth coming from Thank you. It, it would be good if if, uh, if it's possible. Of course, you may not be able to give too much away, but you mentioned 20 markets that you're operating in. And, and Sarah, you just mentioned there uh, the US and, uh, and, and Walmart. But it would be good to get an idea of, you know, where, where's the growth coming from? Where, where do you see your key growth markets going forward? You know, are, are they your best markets at the moment? You know, what does that growth plan look like? So from a sustainability perspective and a carbon footprint perspective, um, Europe is definitely where we would start. Um, we have a number of avenues available to us. So we're in conversations with a n- number of major retailers um, in France, for example. We've already started to expand our Amazon business into the EU um, by the PICS um, system. So we're currently now um, available on from a vendor central perspective in France, Germany and Italy. 
um, and it's very early days there, but the initial signs are very, very strong, actually. Um, and particularly in France, from a refill perspective, we're looking very, very strong there. So we're going to look to capture the learnings now and start to grow um, and support those markets more over the next year. Just as a finishing point here, I think it would be good to, to outline two or three things that you feel investors should be keeping a very close eye on from Faith in Nature going forward. You know, for, for those people that are listening to this, going to go and have a look at the, the Crowdcube campaign, of course, there's a wealth of information there. But from your perspective, what, what are the most exciting things that stand out for Faith in Nature going forward? Maybe if I kick that off, I think, uh, number one, if if people listening to this podcast today haven't tried our product, I really encourage them to go out and buy some product and try it because that is the way that you really engage with this brand is to try the product. So that's the first thing. I think pe what people will see is they will see us being more visible in the marketplace. You know, we we took this initiative with Nature on the Board last last year. And it's really only tipping the iceberg in terms of what that can bring to the business. I think also the investment that we make in brand awareness will certainly make us more visible in the marketplace. Sarah is working incredibly hard with their team also to make us more physically available. What do we mean by that? Being more available in the stores that we sell to. So in Waitrose and Holland and Barrett, Boots, Ocado, all those sorts of places, you will see us much more visible, hopefully taking more shelf space as we look to grow our assortment. Um, I touched upon briefly that we will be relaunching um, our main shampoo and body washes in June next year. That's only the start. We've got an exciting pipeline of other initiatives um, that have been launched on the back of that. So, yeah, you'll certainly see us more visible um, from a media perspective, but you'll also see us a lot more visible in store as well. We manufacture in, um, in the sort of UK. We're in, Man we're in Manchester. Um, we manufacture pretty much 99% of everything that we sell. And I guess the investment will allow us to scale up. Um, that will be the plan. Having more space will allow us to invest more in CapEx, which is capital equipment, um, to be able to produce more to support the growth. I think that the key thing for us is that we need to do two things in unison. We need to create the demand for our product, but at the same time, we need to increase our ability to produce products efficiently at the same time. So that's the exciting thing. Moving to a bigger site will allow us to invest more in our capability to produce more, more product um, and obviously to it and to expand into new product areas as well. So yeah, it's a lot of things that we need to unlock, but it's doing the two things in unison, creating the demand, but also making sure that we're resourced up, ready to support that demand as well. It's going to be quite key for us, given that we've produce everything pretty much everything that we sell that's great thank you very much so john and sarah thank you for being on the podcast today thank you thank you very and much and just as a final note to uh to, to listeners please do check out the notes to this podcast because there will be a link through first of all to faith in nature's crowdcube campaign but there will also be a link through to the Faith in Nature website where, as John suggested, anybody wanting to try the product will be able to, to purchase that and, and find a little bit more information and have a look at their ranges. So do check out the notes of this podcast and uh, get a little bit more information about Faith in Nature. So once more, John and Sarah, thank you for being with us and thank, thank you very you. much for listening. Thank you.
We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.